Open up your Bibles to the book of Genesis, chapter 1. I'm going to give you three places. Um, the book of Luke, chapter 4, and also 2 Corinthians, chapter 4. If you don't have a Bible, we have Bibles here. You're welcome to get one. And if you don't have a Bible of your own, or if you'd just like to have an extra copy, a different translation, please feel free to take it with you. Um, we don't mind uh, giving away the gospel and the word. Take it with you. Enjoy it. God bless you. And, uh, if, and if, even if you know somebody, even if you have a Bible and you know somebody who'd benefit from one of these Bibles, please, by all means, take one, give it to them. You know, uh, not a problem. So let's go ahead and pray. <clears throat> Father, we just give you thanks and praise, Lord, for this day. Father, we give you thanks for your revelation. And Lord, we just know that tonight we're going to walk out of here different than we walked in. Holy Spirit, we relinquish all control to you. We ask that tonight we hear from the Spirit of the living God, not from a man. Father, I decrease so that you increase. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Teach us, show us, guide us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight's study is called The Ultimate Gift Exchange. I think it's an appropriate title because right now, a lot of people are worrying about gift exchanges. It's that time of year where, you know, sleigh bells are ringing and snow is falling everywhere but Orlando. <laughs> and, uh, and people are running around the malls and getting a lot of stuff done and and uh, people are preparing their meals and what they're going to do. And they're going to office parties and they're doing all these different things. Well, they're having the gift exchange at work. So you know how it is. You, you, get, you get a, you know, you go and you put everybody's name in a hat or, a, you know, whatever. Or I even saw today where, where you can go and you can register your company online and everybody can sign up and, and then pull everybody's name out of a random online hat. It's interesting, isn't it? And, uh, and then you can put limits and, uh, you know, it's 20 bucks or 25 bucks. And you look and you say, oh, wow, I got so-and-so in accounting. That's neat. So you go and you ask and you find out and you go to the store and you walk around and you, you, you look for, you know, what you think so-and-so in accounting would like. That's 25 bucks or less, you know. And you go and you finally find that one gift and you take it and you wrap it up and then you're just going to wait. And you're looking forward to it and you go to that office party and you give them the gift and they like it. Wow. You know, and you were excited because, you know, you went out and you spent a long time looking for that gift. I mean, you spent, you know, you, you went out and you, you fought through. How many people here have been to the mall right now? And the mall is a crazy place to go right now. You go to the mall and... It's jam-packed. And believe me, I mean, my, my, my wife went to, the, to, the, to Toys R Us to go get a little something for our daughters. And man, she couldn't park. She had to wait 20 minutes to get a parking space. Finally, she got a parking space and then she couldn't find what she was looking for. and ended up, you know, it was too late. You know, it's interesting because God has made you a member of his gift exchange 2,000 years ago, God gave us the ultimate gift. 
The word says in John 3.16 that God so loved the world that while we were yet sinners, He gave us His only begotten Son. He gave Him to us. Isn't that amazing? I mean, here, if people, you know, everybody's out there looking, well, what do you want? You know, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for, for the holidays? I mean, well, heaven forbid we use the word Christmas anymore. Yeah. But, uh, but, you know, what do you want for the holidays? You know, we're going to have a gift exchange for the holidays. It's Christmas, man! Christmas! Christ, Christ, Christ. If you only knew the gift that God wants to give you, that gift of eternal life. But more, more, in the, more about that in a minute. I mean, it's usual to come to church or to a Bible study and hear about how Christ so loved the world that he, God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son and all that stuff. I mean, it's a very important message, but truly it's not a message that we as believers should wait until December to give, right? So there's nothing new about what I'm saying here. But I want to talk a little bit tonight about this word, about this time called Christmas. Well, what is Christmas? Well, Christmas, when you break it down, it's Christ Mass. Isn't that interesting? Christ Mass. Well, how did that begin? You know, I, I, the, the way that this started for me, I went to the mall and I just, I said to myself, self, You like that? I said, self, what is up with all these people? Gasoline is at almost $3.25 a gallon. They're talking about it being five bucks next year. You know, the economy is going through the toilet. The, I mean, just today, they finally settled on a bill because if not by Friday, you know, the federal government was going to shut down until they finally get it straight because the government's fight, you know, the president's fighting with the Congress and the Congress fighting about the president about this war going on. You know, you go to the mall and you wouldn't think there's a war going on. Hey, you'd think everybody was prosperous. You'd think there was a big old party going on. And what is up with these people? Are they insane? No, they're not insane. You guys familiar with a story called the Emperor's New Clothes? You know, I was, I was asking the Lord, I said, Lord, what, what's up with that? And the Lord said, it's in my word. They're blind and naked and they don't know it. You know, here we are running around buying presents for people we don't know or we don't care about with money we don't have. You know, just to put ourselves in debt so we can say, yes. I bought Christmas presents for everyone this year. Look, more built-in-China stuff. Look, more electronics, more useless. I mean, it was amazing to me. We, we, had, a, we had a garage sale earlier this year. And, uh, and we, we gave away a lot of stuff. Just put it out there. Said, folks, come and take it. Well, don't you want us to pay for it? No, 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 no. The scripture says freely you're given, freely give. And God gives us everything. It's not my money. It's not my job, not my company, not my stuff. When was the last time you ever saw a hearse followed by a U-Haul? Doesn't happen, right? Which means everything you have here is temporary. It's all on loan to you. So how dare you give it to somebody, I sell it to somebody else when it was given to you. 
But anyway, back to this thing called Christmas. So I started, so I started looking around and I said, what, what is this frenzy that's going on? What is this, this thing about Christmas? Who is this Santa Claus? And what is this Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer <laughs> and all this stuff? Do you guys know that Santa Claus was create, created by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company in the early 20th century? Based on, yes, on St. Nick, but it was a marketing ploy based, our icon, Santa Claus, was created by the Pepsi-Cola Bottling Company. Do you know that Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, another Christmas icon, of course, was created by Montgomery Ward. Interesting, huh? How Christ-like is Coca-Cola Bottling Company? How Christ-like is Montgomery Ward? Hmm. Not very, is it? Not at all. So I started looking and I said, wow, that's interesting. You know, well, where's the Christ in Christmas, man? Let's, let's look at this. And it, and my research took me back. Took me back to a time in Roman, in, in Roman history when there was a ruler. His name was Constantine. Now some people feel really good about Constantine. Constantine got saved. He's the founder of the Christian world, you know. Our denomination, we can trace it way back. You know, we can lay hands, we can find out Everybody went way back to the Roman time. You know, and we've anointed popes ever since. Oh, did I say that? And, uh, but in actuality, what Constantine did was Constantine Christianized the Roman Empire. And in the usual Roman style, it was be Christian or die. <laughs> so what would happen is, they would say, okay, we're going to build these big old cathedrals and stuff to this Christian deity, uh, this Jesus. And what we're going to do is you're going to come in here on Sunday and we're going to have a bunch of pious guys in you know, priestly robes and stuff to come up here and, and talk to you about this scripture. But, oh wait, but the Roman Empire is full of what? Pagan traditions. I mean, this is a time, folks, in, in history where you had worship of anything and everything. Okay, and Christianity was just, I mean, in the scripture it says, he who drinks from the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons is accursed, which means that there was actually a cup of demons out there. This, we, we as Christians believe that, that the first time that anybody ever drank the cup and ate the bread was when Jesus, when Jesus did it on the Passover? No. That's been done before. People, people talk about, well, you know, well, how about Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus? Well, there was, a, there was a goddess named Diana who had a son as well. And they used to worship her. And it was called mother-son worship. So what happened was Constantine saw that the people, I mean, Constantine was a believer, but at the end of the day, Constantine was a politician, right? So he said, well, listen, you guys bring in your pagan traditions. We'll just slap Jesus, Mary, and Joseph on them. And hey, you got Christian holidays, man. And you know, of course, 
You know, what does that mean? Well, that's where we get things like Easter. Well, Easter was actually celebration of Ishtar or Ashtaroth. Remember, have you ever read the word Ashtaroth in the Bible? And how God hated those who worship Ashtaroth? This is why we as Christians, when we start realizing these things, we, call, we don't call it Easter, we call it Resurrection Day. Now, what's in a day anyway, right? It's the, it's the whole idea. Well, you know, let's talk about this Christmas thing. Let's look at this. Let, we'll, we'll leave Easter for another time. Let's look at this. Let's look at Christmas. First of all, Christmas. Well, what the first thing Constantine did was he said, well, we're going to have a mass and we're going to dedicate it to Christ. And all these people are used to coming in here on December 25th. They're used to having a winter pagan holiday. Okay? And it's the celebration of the god Saturn. And how did they celebrate this wonderful holiday? Well, they had orgies, folks. And they kissed under mistletoe. They really did. They had holly. Holly's, holly is one of, the, one of the few trees that you can tell by looking at it which one's male and which one's female. So it's understandable how they would use male holly berries and females and they would unite them. And it was a, it was a, a, a sacrifice, you know, a, 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 a kind of a, a celebration of fertility. And then, well, you had people that would have these trees. The Christmas tree is great. You'll love this. Um, the Christmas tree actually came from Germany. But before that, it came from our good friends in Babylon. And before that, guess where it came from, folks? Yes, Egypt. And what was the whole idea behind the evergreen, the green tree that stays green all year long, the sign of fertility? Well, it was based on our good old friend Nimrod. Anybody recognize the name Nimrod? Maybe you recognize him as the name Baal. Or maybe you recognize him as the good old Moloch. Let me tell you a little story about our friend Moloch. Moloch's a great god. Oh, He was a, a deity that was made out of iron. And what they would do is they would take this deity and they would heat it up real, 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 real hot, red hot. And then they would take their newborn children and put it in its arms and watch the children fry to their God. Or they would make a big old statue of Moloch and they would have, it would have an iron stomach and in its iron belly there would be a furnace, a fire, and they would throw the children in there. This is, uh, this is, and, and what they would do is because, because of, that was Moloch. Now, Nimrod, of course, was the guy who built the Tower of Babel. Remember the Tower of Babel? Because they wanted to go up and war with God. Okay, and Nimrod, the whole idea behind the tree was because Nimrod, they said, well, you know, it must be Nimrod because there was a dead tree and all of a sudden another tree started growing out of it. So they started celebrating as the God of Nimrod. This is the tree, folks, that they would decorate. Okay, and they would dance around the tree and they would, they would have all kinds of ceremonies for fertility. We don't even need to go into the details of those. 
But anybody who's seen, you know, just certain types of movies that are out right now, and you know, it's interesting because um, I turned off a movie a while back. I watched the movie. I was watching the movie 300, and it was, a, you know, one of those war movies, you know. But all of a sudden, they started they started showing all these pagan rituals that were all based on just very lascivious behavior, and you know, the the, the act of copulation was a huge thing back in those times. That's where you had temple prostitutes and, and things of this nature. So, of course, and you had people that would drink and, and you know, where is Christ? I, I gotta ask, where is Christ in eggnog? Where is Christ in stuffing of stockings? Where is Christ in giving of gifts? Wait, oh no, wait, 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 Mikey, no, 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 no. Well, we give gifts, it's the equivalent of the three kings. And how they gave, they brought gifts to the baby Christ. And, and, and you know, and, and okay. <coughs> well, first of all, the three kings didn't bring gifts to Christ's birth. They came, oh, about a year or two later. Second of all, they didn't have a big old gift exchange, did they? They brought him, the newborn king. And that's a Middle Eastern tradition that lives until today of whenever you go see royalty, even when heads of state, when ambassadors come to see heads of state, they still send a gift. And of course, they, they knew that this was the Messiah. This was their new king of kings. So they sent gifts. What does that have to do with today's practice of giving gifts to one another? You know the irony of this whole thing, folks? I was actually doing research and I see, I see a, 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 an atheist said, what is it that the Christians, you know, they have a monopoly on, on Christmas? Because Christians don't even know that the last thing in, Chris, in Christmas is Christ. Why don't, why don't we get back to the basics of what the Christian faith really is? And that's to feed the hungry, to direct the lost, to guide the lost. You know, we were once lost and now we're found. That's the true meaning of Christmas. That's the true meaning of every day of a believer's life. If you understand, really have a real, real good grasp on what Christ did for you and what he did for me. I mean, do you realize, folks, that it was us who was supposed to be up on that cross 2,000 years ago? Not Christ. But no. No, we blaspheme his name by relating him to drunken parties. See, the whole idea was that the carnal people in Rome back in that day didn't want to let go of their orgies and all of their kissing under holly branches and dancing around the phallic symbol of the tree and all of that stuff. They didn't want to give that stuff up. So they did what Constantine told them. Oh, sure, man, we'll just throw... Throw the name Jesus on it or Christ on it. And we'll just keep doing what we were doing. <laughs> but it's holy now. But no, that's not it. In Genesis chapter 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Then if you go down a little bit to, 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 to verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image. And according to our likeness. So you are made in the image of God. 
And really, you know, it's interesting because if you keep reading in Genesis, you see where Adam walked through the garden. If you look right there in Genesis, it says that he gave man dominion and rule over the whole earth, the fish of the sea and the, and the, and the, 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 the birds and, and everything else, every creeping thing, everything. He gave us rule over that. Now, you want to see something interesting? Remember when Jesus was out in the, when Jesus was out in the, uh, in the, uh, in the wilderness and he got tempted for 40 days? Because, you know, Jesus, Jesus was tempted in every way, just like we were, but he lived a sinless life, right? Turn to, to Luke chapter 4. And here in verse 5, and he led him, notice the he is small. They're talking about the devil here. And him, of course, is our Lord. He led him up and showed him and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in, in a moment of time. Verse 6. And the devil said to him, I will give you all this domain. And it's, and it's glory, for it has been handed over to me, and I give it to you, to whoever I wish. Verse 7. Therefore, if you worship before me, it shall all be yours. Wait a minute. It was his huh? It was his <laughs> didn't, didn't we just read where God gave it? To man? Who is this devil to come and tell Jesus, the living God, that he can give him the earth? But see, this is the way that we live. We live in a lie. See, people think that the devil is so crafty, and and you know, he is crafty. He is sneaky. But we're also really stupid. And I'm just as stupid as the rest of them. You know, the Bible refers to us as sheep. And the Bible has a point. Sheep are dumb. You know how dumb a sheep is? A sheep will follow another sheep, a group of sheep around and around and around and around a pole all day long. You take the lead sheep and you put him, and it'll go like this all day long and walk around the whole... And then you can just... Just sit there and watch these sheep. I think the only thing dumber than a sheep may be a turkey. But anyway, but you know, here, here the enemy is actually telling Jesus that he's going to give him, <laughs> that he's going to give this. And Jesus answered and said to him, it is written. See, this is the problem with a lot of Christians today. We don't know what's written. You shall worship the Lord your God and give and give to him and serve him only. Sorry. And serve him only. So if you worship the Lord your God, who owns it all to begin with, I mean that 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 doesn't that doesn't uh, that doesn't I, I mean you, you you have everything anyway. Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 for a minute. And I'm going to show you where 
where this is, this is what happens, and this is how people perish for lack of knowledge. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Now, I want you to notice something here. Is God in this verse capitalized? It's not, is it? So we're not talking about the living God. We're not talking about Jehovah God, are we? Because the God of this world, right, has made blind the minds of the of those, hold on, I'm sorry, <laughs> who have not faith, so that the light of the good of the good news of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, might not be shining on them. Interesting, isn't it? So he's blinding people. He's making, basically, do you know what it takes, what you have to do to spend eternity away from God or a long, long time, ages and ages, the scripture says, away from God? Absolutely nothing. You don't have to read a scripture. You don't have to do a Bible study. You know, it's not about the way you live. We, we as Christians, we live the life we live because we really have come to the realization and understanding that Christ died on our behalf, that it should have been us up on that cross. That the wages of sin are death, it says in Romans 6.23. And if those wages of sin are death, has anybody in here sinned? Me, 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 I have. So basically, I've sinned, and the wages of that sin are death. God is a perfect God. God cannot look upon sin. That's why when Jesus was up on the cross, he said, why hast thou forsaken me? Because at that moment, he was taking on the sins of the world. Every, every sin that happened, every sin that was going to happen, he took it upon himself. And God could not even look upon his only begotten son at that moment. God had to turn his back. Imagine those of you that have children, seeing your own child hanging up on a cross and having to turn away and not look at them. Not because you can't stand to watch, but because you're so just that you can't see your child so polluted. Yet this is what the Father endured for us. This is what the Son put down his, his godliness, his place next to the Father and said, Father, let me go. I will save the world. But all the enemy wants to do is blind us. He wants to take us and get us stuck in traditions, traditions of men that tell us, hey, do this and you'll be right with God. Do that and you'll be right with God. You know, legalists love God. You know that? The legalists in, our, in, in churches, they love God, but it's never enough. It's always God plus. If you do this, if you love God and you do that, have you given enough? Have you studied your word enough? Have you sang enough? Have you prayed enough? Have you blessed enough? Hey, you know what? It's not about me, man. It's all about him. It's all about what he did for me. It's all about what he did for you. And if you don't know the Lord today, you know what? He still did it for you anyway. You just haven't gotten the memo. Christ died. 
for you. If you're going through a tough time today, if you're looking at all these people and you say, you know, Mikey, I understand what you were talking about at the beginning. I, I, I go to the mall and I see all these people, how they're so empty and they're trying to, you know, they're trying to fulfill their lives by filling it up with stuff. I've tried that. I've been there, done that, got two t-shirts. But I, I just don't feel, Mikey, what you feel. I don't know that God you know. Well, let me tell you, there's nothing special about me. And, and, and people say, well, what? You're, you're a good speaker, man. You just speak and, and you know all the Bible. No, I don't. I don't know the Bible. But you know what, folks? I'm excited. I'm excited because Jesus died for me. Do you realize that if none of you all would have been here, if none of you guys would have ever been born and I would have been the only existing person on the face of this planet, or for that matter, if I had never been born and just you, the one person within the sound of my voice, one person, Jesus would have still put down his divinity, come and lived a sinless life and given that life for you. Yet we want to associate the holy name with this pagan ritual called Christmas? I repent. I myself have been as guilty as anyone else of associating, oh, don't forget the the reason for the season, dude. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Let's not forget the reason for the season. And Christ's not in it. Christ is not the reason for this season. The season's all about bow. Season's all about Nimrod. The season is all about Moloch. The season is all about pagan rituals and man-based love. Do you know the statistics show that there are more affairs, more adultery, more drunkenness, more police, more police visits and everything else during the holidays, more suicides than at any other time? Is that a celebration of what Christ came for? Is that what he came for? No wonder churches gripe and complain and and, and statistics show that giving is down in January through March. What the heck, man? You were out there giving to Walmart. Oh, but they're a Christian company, man. Listen, take the money you were going to give to good old Uncle Walt, Sam Walton. I think that's his name, right? May he rest in peace. He don't care. You know, that you're going to give the Walmart family so that they can put those little kids back to work in those factories. You know, take that money and go and give it to somebody. Invite somebody over to your home and feed them. Find some kids out there who don't know what love is and show them the love of Christ. Don't be buying them something. Don't just go and buy some gift and throw it in the Toys for Tots box and say, I did what I was supposed to do. That's it. Hey, I bought a couple of shoe boxes. You know, Calvary Chapel, is there. they got these shoe boxes, man. And, and I give, you know, 20 bucks and, and I put a couple things in a shoe box or I give seven or eight bucks for the shipping and I put things in a shoe box and I send them down and they send this big truck and, and the, the truck picks them up and gives all these shoe boxes to kids I don't know. Well, you know, that's important. And there's certainly an outreach there, but that doesn't mean that your job's done. Sacrificial giving. Freely you give because you've been given freely. 
See, the true reason for living for a Christian is because God gave us the ultimate gift. And you know what? <laughs> you were a member of the ultimate gift exchange. Yeah, he took your life. All the people you slept with, all the drugs you did, all the crazy behavior you did, all those wild and crazy things that we all did. And he said, Trajan, I'll take all that and I'll give you righteousness. I'll wash your sins as white as snow, though they were red as scarlet. I'll trade you. Jesus looked at your life. He said, I'll take that. Here, take mine. That's the ultimate gift exchange. Amen? Father, we give you thanks and praise for this day. Lord, we give you thanks for this message. Father, we just lift you up today, Lord, and we just ask your Holy Spirit to walk with us. Teach us to be righteous, Lord God. Teach us to walk and to be walking images of the Lord Jesus. Jesus, we give you thanks for your sacrifice on our behalf. Father, we thank you for sending him. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for sticking around and leading us and guiding us. This, this season, well, Holy Spirit, if it really, if the world wants us to use it for something, then Holy Spirit, just go out and love them. Let us really take advantage of this time and show the love of Christ. But at the same time, do what you, Holy Spirit, do best. Be the spirit of truth. Convict your people. Teach us to be upright, walking before a righteous God. Teach us to be good examples. And most of all, teach us to love with the true love of Christ. We give you thanks and praise, Lord God, for everything you've done for us and all the things you continue to do for us. Glorify yourself. It's all about you, Lord. It's not about us. In Jesus' name, amen.